Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Doctrine Matters podcast here. And uh, today on the episode, we're going to be talking about something that has really started to make its way into all of our homes, all the social media outlets. It's really picking up steam when we start to think about what we're going to talk about today. You've probably seen it, and we're going to be talking about school, whether that be public school, private school, Christian school, home school. And I want to do that episode today because as we sit right now, it is Monday, August the 24th, and it is about 2.50 p.m. And school around here started today, and it had me thinking about all of the things that we have to deal with and go through and be concerned about when it comes to public school in general. So that's really going to be the, the ultimate thrust today on this episode is public school, so not so much private school or Christian school, but we are going to talk about homeschool. So we're going to look at these two things, primarily uh, public school and homeschool, and we're going to talk about the reasons why I believe both are necessary, because uh, whether you believe it right now or not, school is very important, and school is uh, one of those things that can be a necessary evil when you're talking about public school, but it also could be just an evil that you need to get your kids out of if, if possible. So we're going to talk through those things. And what better time to talk about it when all across the country people are going back to school with so many things that they have to adhere to. Like around here, for instance, all the students, and, and we're talking about from kindergarten all the way to seniors in high school, the students have to wear their masks all day, and for the younger kids, even at recess, the only time they can take their mask off is when they're eating lunch in the cafeteria. And actually, many places, they're not even eating in the cafeteria. I know in our high school locally here, they're eating lunch in the cafeteria, the gym, and wherever else they can social distance. So there, that in itself is going to be a challenge. And I know that I walked into the school that my wife, uh, where she teaches, well, she's not... Um, a, a teacher as in the core subjects. She's a digital facilitator at the high school here, but I walked in to where she works and they of course have uh, all the hallways taped off to where you have to walk on the right side. You can't walk all over the place like you want to. You got to walk in a certain way. Uh, you have to wear your mask, all these things. They're trying to social distance. And the biggest thing they want to do is they want to keep schools open as long as they can. So this is just a crazy school year in general with all of the things that we have to deal with uh, in as far as this pandemic and COVID-19, and it's just continuing on into the school year now. So uh, hopefully we'll see schools stay open because, as I've already mentioned, public schools at times are what I would say is a necessary evil. Now, let me say this before we continue on talking about public school, and you may hear the word evil or necessary evil in that. Now, what I don't want you to hear is that I am downgrading or downplaying or, or lumping all teachers into what we're going to talk about today. I will tell you this. There are some wonderful teachers in schools all across the country. I happen to know several amazing Christian uh, men and women that teach children and, student, uh, and, and high school students on a regular basis, and they are great teachers, 
and I do not in any way want to lump all of those good teachers into what I'm talking about today. But what I do want to talk about is a, a continuation of what we've kind of already talked about in the past when it comes to this COVID-19 and this pandemic, and and that is the government's reach. Now, we know that public school is a government-funded, I mean, it's it's part of the government, public school. So you can go free to public school. You can even get free and reduced lunches if you qualify for that. Uh, but the government is uh, extending its arm into the school system. And when, anytime you have the government that is involved in anything, the government is going to push their agenda down throughout these classrooms and, and teachers are going to have to teach certain subjects, certain things. And that is where we find ourselves today. Now, We've talked a lot about socialism, communism. You've heard that all over the place. And I do believe that we are starting to see some presidential candidate, a presidential candidate, that would love nothing more than to see socialism happen here on American soil. So as we think about socialism and things like that, I, I've watched a, a video and it talked about socialism and how uh, back in 1925, there was a group of people that were in this upper room in Manhattan. They began to talking about what, what it would look like for America to become a socialist, communist uh, kind of country. And one way that they determined that they wanted to do that, now it's, it's happened much slower than they re- originally anticipated, but one way they wanted to do that is to have professors in colleges and universities to begin to teach this ideology and to begin to hopefully mold young minds into thinking this kind of way, this socialist kind of uh, communist way of, of thinking and seeing things and seeing the world and hopefully begin with the college students. And then from there, it would be a trickle-down effect into the public school system. Now, granted, it has happened a lot slower than they originally wanted it to take place, but... If you would think back into history, if you were to think back into the time where you attended a university or even a community college, you you would probably say that you found yourself sitting in uh, courses and classes with professors that were liberal, that were trying to push and promote this agenda, that were trying to uh, get you to be uh, indoctrinated into the way of thinking of this kind of worldview and I can remember myself. I went to a community college and then on to the University of Mississippi. And I remember sitting in classes with liberal professors, uh, a, socio, a socio, socioeconomics class, if I can get that right. Um, that and an anthropology course that I had to take for whatever reason. Uh, just uh, several different things. And the worldview there was just one that was not Christian. And it was promoting socialism now that I look back. And I'm sure you can see that across your landscape as well. And I can really see it here in Northeast Arkansas. I see kids, conservative kids, leave conservative families from these small towns that uh, that I live in. And, and they're going to the local university. And you start seeing them post on social media and everything is starting to change now. Their way of thinking is changing. The things that they believe have been changing. And it's because of the liberal ideology that's being pushed in the universities and community colleges. Now, that is now seemingly across the country in many ways pushing down into the public school system. Now, we have seen all over the country, from Arizona to Chicago to everywhere in between and everywhere that you can probably think of, you can probably give me examples of things that you've heard of in your local city or community of things that they're trying to push and things that you're trying to teach 
your kids in these public school system settings. So some of the things that they're really been pushing is uh, transgender, uh, LGBTQ ideology. They want to teach all these things. And I recently, I believe it was Arizona, there was somebody was sworn in, a director of education or something like that. Some of you folks that live in Arizona might can help me out here. Uh, but she was sworn in because she hates the Bible so much. It was a Dr. Seuss book that she was sworn in on. So she was sworn in on this, and what she wants to teach is beginning as early as kindergarten is wanting to teach sex positions and masturbation to kindergartners in the public school system. Now, if you don't think that's jacked up, then we may need to talk about salvation and the gospel because that is a worldview that is flying in the face of a God, uh, the God of the Bible that we love, that we serve, that we see in the scriptures, that spits in his face. Now, we cannot for a minute think that this is okay if you are a Christian, if you have a biblical worldview. This is not okay. This is sinful. This is disgusting. And this is somebody that wants to do this in public schools, not only teaching LGBTQ, but masturbation and sex positions and all of these things to kindergartners. I have a four-year-old daughter that is in pre-K. So you're talking about next year, she being five years old would be considered eligible for kindergarten. She would be learning these things in Arizona if this person gets their way. Now, they've taken away prayer, they've taken away Bible courses, they've taken away all of these things, and they're promoting it now with this leftist agenda, this LGBTQ stuff, this transgender stuff, this uh, this communism stuff, this socialism stuff. Now it's leaving, well, it's not leaving, it's staying in the universities and community colleges, and now it is coming down and trickling down into the public school system. Now, I said something one time in uh, my pulpit where we were talking about something and sin and kids, and I can't remember the exact context right now, but I warned our folks. I said, now may be the time to start thinking about homeschooling because the government wants your kids. Now, there were some educators in our congregation, and I didn't say that as a slap in the face to teachers. I didn't say that to, to say that the teachers that are good, the ones that I talked about before, are coming after their kids and want to indoctrinate them. But the government as a whole wants to indoctrinate your kids as early as kindergarten. So these public school system settings, they're looking for ways to indoctrinate children of a worldview that is completely goes against the Bible. They, they want to indoctrinate kids to start thinking the way they w want them to think so that they'll grow up and vote the way they want them to vote. So let's, let's think about this. Every year, or every time there's an election, not every year, but uh, it seems like there's something every year that we have to vote on, but every time there's an election, you have people standing up and they're trying to appeal to certain demographics, age groups, ethnicities. They're trying to do these things to win the vote. So that's exactly what's happening here in the public school system is that they're trying to indoctrinate the children as early as kindergarten to be raised on this way of thinking and then being able to vote once they turn 18. So then you're going to have a seamless transition from going to public school to university. You've already been taught. You've already been indoctrinated. And you can continue this way of thinking. And then you can just raise your kids the same way. Now, this is why it's extremely important for parents to be very open about the possibility of homeschooling their children. Simply because the government wants your children. And I believe that. And I've heard, I believe it's Vody Balkum say, uh, don't, when you send your kids off to Rome, don't say anything when they come back is Romans. 
or, or I'm butchering that. But anyway, uh, you're sending your kids off to be indoctrinated, and they're going to come back, and they're going to live this worldly way of thinking. Now, this isn't going to be for everybody. There are many Christian parents that are raising their kids in a biblical home, doing uh, Bible studies and teaching them right from wrong, teaching them sound doctrine. So there are going to be many kids in public schools that are going to take this in indoctrination. They're going to be like, nope, this is a wrong worldview next to my biblical worldview. And the God of the Bible crushes what I'm seeing and hearing here, and I will not believe it and I will not stand for it because I've been taught better. So we see that many kids are raised in a Christian home, and they're not going to be indoctrinated because they know right from wrong, but sadly, many more are not being raised in a Christian home, and they're going to hear something that seems appealing to them, but they don't understand what really they're uh, signing up for when they start to hear things that are appealing to them. So you're going to start to see those kids act like worldlings, act like the world, and they're going to be voting for things. A lot of these kids you see have grown up, gone into this um, the universities, and we see them riding on the streets right now in Portland and, and other places across America. It's because they've been indoctrinated by something other than a biblical worldview. And listen, I understand Romans one twenty that many people, not many, Everybody knows there is a God, but many will suppress that truth, and they'll keep suppressing that truth to eventually they live out a way that is contrary to the Word of God and is outright sinful lifestyles. So we see that playing out in front of us. These people that are riding, these people that are giving in to this false ideologies of socialism and communism, these things, they are not without excuse. They know there is a God, but they too have not been taught the God of the Bible because either their parents are too lazy or their parents have suppressed the truth that there is a God and they're teaching them something opposite of the gospel and opposite of the Bible. So they are leading them down into this path to where when they hear something that sounds appealing, they latch on to it because I believe kids need something they can grasp and hold on to and and, and and want to be a part of. So they hear these things and then ultimately vote that way uh, before uh, it's all said and done. Now, th- there are many school districts, t- too, all across the United States that are far behind this way of thinking, and uh, they don't they haven't caught up to kind of the modern day way of doing things and thinking things. A lot of those are going to be conservative areas in the South and in other places that are conservative. So you still may be behind when it comes to this, but the government still has control over the public school district, regardless of how far behind your school district may be. So this is a great time for you parents to consider homeschooling. And I'll tell you a little bit about our story. My wife has wanted to homeschool our children ever since we had our first one 14 years ago. Our oldest boy is 14 years old, and we have an 11-year-old who's about to be 12, and then we have a 9-year-old who's about to be 10, and we have a daughter in pre-K, so she's 4 years old. But my wife has always wanted to homeschool our kids, and she stayed home. She was a stay-at-home mother and, and wife, a homemaker, until... Our first child was old enough to go to school, and then from that moment on, we just put them into public school because it's just something that I, I never did really want to do. I was raised in public school and things like that, and and uh, she was homeschooled, so it's one of those things where we never could really figure it out. Well, fast forward 14 years, and here we are in the midst of a pandemic and COVID and hearing all the things that are going on around us with the mask and all those things, and 
the school system had the option of doing the virtual learning where you would still go through the school system and do the virtual learning, but it's still not really considered homeschool. It's just because if you didn't want to go uh, be exposed to COVID and, and have to wear the mask and do all of those things, you could still stay home, but still be part of that school district and doing their same curriculum from the teachers and all that stuff going through that. Well, uh, that led to me and my wife talking, watching some Vody Balkum. If you don't know who Vody Balkum is, you need to check him out, especially his homeschool stuff. Uh, he is right on the money when he talks about homeschooling from a biblical perspective and, and giving your children a biblical worldview. So uh, just to be transparent with you, my wife and I began this conversation again, and uh, she was listening to that after it got circulated in some of our groups. And um, she told me that I needed to, to listen to it. And I was just really not sold on the homeschooling thing. And uh, we, we kind of went back and forth on the issue a couple times. And eventually, uh, I began to listen to some of these things that, that Dr. Vody Balkum had to say. And uh, one of the biggest things for me was socialization and basketball. My kids play basketball, and if you go homeschooling, they have to sit out a year in Arkansas, and my son was geared up, my oldest son was geared up to, to be able to play some this year, and I uh, was really wanting him not to have to sit out, but uh, fast forward the story, uh, my wife and I continued to talk about it, the Lord just gripped my heart, and I said, you know what, it's time to do this. I see what's happening, I see what's going on, and uh, I, I need our kids to learn a biblical worldview, so we pulled the trigger this year. And we began homeschooling, and it's so far, it's been one of the best decisions we have ever made. And I am just sad that I didn't help make it with my wife a long time ago because uh, they have already benefited from it. Well, everybody else went to school today for the first time. We started them last week so they could get a feel for it because my wife, she does still work in the school system. And I would be home and, and be in the primary one to make sure they get their work done and things like that. And, and we're doing online curriculum. And here's what we learned after several years of being in public school for my boys is the way they do things now. They don't do any do the things like like we did when I was growing up. They don't um, really use pencil and paper and uh, books, real books. I remember one of the best things at the beginning of the year was putting the the I don't even know what they call it anymore. The, the you wrapped your books almost like a Christmas present. The the book paper or whatever that you put on your books, man, that was like the best thing to do at the beginning of the year. Now they don't have books anymore, really. So everything has moved online, at least it has here in our school district, and I know many others have done this. And Google Classroom is a big thing, and uh, and I have substitute teach or substitute taught in the public school last year some, actually a lot, and I was able to see kind of what's going on, and a lot of teachers, not every teacher, listen, I don't want to throw every teacher in this. Remember, this whole thing is not about the, the teachers that are Christian men and women that, that love the kids and t want to teach them the proper things in life and about what they need to know. So please don't hear me lump all teachers in this, but many teachers would start the class and say, you have an assignment on Google Classroom, get to it. And what happens is they have unlimited tries to get all of the answers right. So instead of really going and reading through the material, learning about whatever they're working on, uh, most of them go straight to the questions and they try to, they just keep guessing the answer until they get it right and then they're done. So 
I've not seen teaching as I've seen it in the past when I was growing up. Now, there are still some teachers that will still stand up at that whiteboard and they will teach their hearts out. And I am thankful for those teachers that actually care so much about those students that they're willing to stand up and do that hard work. But those are few and far between nowadays. So I've substituted from third grade all the way up to high school and the online stuff in in public school system is just been one thing that is really shown us the the there the, how there's not much value in that unless you really put forth the effort to do it now yes our homeschooling is online however we are checking their work grading their work helping them with their work and my my boys my three boys were just shocked after about 3 days of realizing that they're not just going to be able to go do the answers and get away with it right and when they got a couple of bad grades on some things they were like hold up we're actually going to have to do this work. And I, I remember sitting, even uh, just recently, sitting with my uh, 11-year-old learning square roots and cubes and how to get the, the square cube of a, a, a whatever. You know, I had to learn it myself, but we sat there and we learned it together. And it was a great experience to be able to, to teach and, and help my son instead of sending him off somewhere else and hoping that he is getting that same kind of treatment. But if we think about it, in an eight-hour day in public schools, you got 25 to 30 kids in a classroom all day. Some of them are changing classes. you got a lot of kids in one classroom. There is not a lot of, lot of teaching time when you start to bring all these 25 to 30 kids. All of them have questions and different needs and different ways they learn. And not only that, you have the changing of classes. You have recess. You have lunch. You have all of these things that kind of you got – PE, you got all these things that kind of take away from classroom learning time. So really, the learning time for the average student is between two to four hours a day in an eight-hour day. So what's what I have seen is my boys start to really have a click in their mindset, and it, it's changed from just trying to get through it to now they're actually paying attention and learning things, and they're learning it from a biblical worldview. And one of the biggest things that I had an issue with is like, man, I'm not a teacher, although I went to college, I uh, was gonna be a teacher and a coach, and I'm a pastor, so I could teach the word, right? But when it comes to like math and square roots and square, all these things, I'm like, oh, man, I don't know. So, but thank God for YouTube and, and curriculum that helps teach you those things. So I, that was my biggest pushback was I'm not a teacher, I don't know how to do this. And one of the most beautiful things about homeschooling and, and this online curriculum is you don't have to be a teacher. It really all does it for you. It helps you out. It shows you. Uh, it gives you a teacher guide on all these things. It's just been a beautiful thing for our family, something that I've pushed against for so long that I, I praise God for now because my boys, they're doing their work. They're, they're done in two to four hours, and then they're doing their chores in the house, and I'm teaching them how to be men, and uh, we're teaching them hygiene, like brushing their teeth, taking showers. You know how boys are if you have boys, but uh, we're doing catechisms, we're learning the Bible, there's all sorts of things that we're able to do, and I'm able to teach them as their father, and uh, it's just been a, a great experience for us. Now, that leads me into the back half of this episode to say this, that homeschooling is not for everybody. Everybody out there can't physically and possibly homeschool their kids, and I get that. That's why I don't want to put down public school out of its, you know, I don't want to set it aside as just an evil, and, and for many it's necessary. And I want to talk through a few of those reasons why I believe public school is necessary 
for some, but let me preface it by saying this. If there is any way that you can homeschool, if one of you have a flexible job where you can stay home, uh, if both of you have a, a, a jobs where you can stay home, if one of you is a, um, if you're, if, if ladies, if you're a homemaker, I would, I would encourage you to look into homeschooling because it's been very beneficial for us. We know what they're learning. We know what, uh, how they're learning, and uh, we get to monitor that and even help them with that. So uh, please do consider homeschooling. If you have any questions there, if you have any thoughts or concerns, I would love to, to help you out. My wife and I would love to uh, help you in any way possible, maybe kind of calm some of your fears you may have or some of the uh, things, questions you may have. It's just been wonderful for us. Now, I know that public school is still necessary for some and here's the reasons why it's necessary for some. Uh, both parents may have to work outside of the home and, and can't actually homeschool and, and keep their kids at home. There are other options out there, private schools, Christian schools, uh, other things like that. And uh, this episode is not to talk about all those things. I know each of those have their own um, have their own challenges and, and unique things that, that they uh, deal with. But uh, public school is just not an option for some because both parents work, and that's okay. We get that, and uh, I get that. Uh, but another couple of reasons why I believe public school is very necessary is because there's many kids in our nation that the only meals they really get is when school is in session. They'll go home, and they'll be hungry, and they'll be looking forward to going to school because they have three meals there that they're available to get most of the time. They can get breakfast and a lunch, at least two, uh, and maybe even some snacks here and there, but that may be the only way they eat, and that is a sad reality that we must face, that uh, there are children that go to school, and their primary reason for wanting to go to school is to get those meals, and uh, I just hope and pray that those kids that do that get the care that they desperately need and, and the food they need, and I know many schools, including our school system, uh, will do bags for children like that, that they can actually take food home with them in bags each week, uh, canned goods and such, and that's a beautiful thing, and, and it's kind of, it's all anonymous. They don't know who's getting the bags, only the teachers do, so they can give that to them kind of discreetly, but uh, yeah, that's one of the biggest biggest reasons I, that I do love public school, is that it does offer kids meals that otherwise would not have meals, and uh, that's a beautiful thing to be able to, to provide for a child. Another reason that I believe public school is necessary for many is during this pandemic, uh, DHS social workers uh, made a claim that the child abuse in America had dropped 51% during the pandemic. And I thought to myself when I saw the, the headline of the, the article I was reading, I was like, oh man, this is great. And then I started reading the article and it was not so great. What had happened is that over the course of however many weeks, I know for us it was spring break week and then they didn't go back to school at all until, like I said, just uh, today on Monday, the 24th of August. But uh, many of these kids were out for so long, out of school, and the child abuse and neglect cases dropped 51%, but they're saying it was a result of not being in school where teachers can physically put their eyes on kids that have bruises, scratches, mal that look malnourished, that just look neglected, or they've been abused. Teachers are, are putting their eyes on these kids, and when they suspect something or hear something or see something, they have to report it legally. 
So we have seen 51% decrease in these things since the pandemic started because there's no teachers putting their eyes on these kids. Now, I believe, I, I know for a fact, I've seen many teachers that love children and have had to deal with this and have had to uh, call the authorities before and kids desperately got the help that they needed. And uh, this it's a, another sad reality that we must face is that public school is necessary for those kids to have a chance for someone to see and to tell what's going on in their lives otherwise they never would so there there are th- there are reasons why public school is necessary so i don't want to stand here or sit here on this episode of the podcast and just rail against public school and teachers because again i know many great teachers in public school system i know many teachers that love jesus and love those kids and and and, and just want to teach i've seen teachers preach the gospel in classrooms to kids i've seen teachers discipling kids i've seen teachers teaching the bible to kids without fear and i love that so not all educators are bowing down to the government. So there are, are wonderful educators and, and teachers in, in our school systems. But for the most part, we see the handwriting on the wall. And, and I'll end with this. Is there was a, many of you may have seen this. There's a school board in Tennessee that has made parents sign waivers saying they wouldn't eavesdrop or monitor the virtual classroom and the virtual uh, education that their kids are getting. And many teachers have said they don't want parents hearing what they're talking about. That's a problem, folks. If the parent, if the school board and the and the and the teachers don't want you hearing what they're talking to your kids about, that is an issue. You must do your research if you're going to continue down the public school path. Do your research. What are they teaching in these classes? And listen, I, I'm specifically talking to Christians here. I know that many that are in public school, the the families are not Christians, and they have they don't have a biblical worldview. So they they have kind of done what Romans one twenty teaches. They've suppressed the truth that there is a God, and uh, they're not really worried about what their kids are getting taught because many of them may believe it themselves. So I'm specifically talking to Christians. So I would I would I would suggest that you monitor what's happening at your school, whether you are sending your kid publicly or whether they're doing it virtually. I would say monitor it, ask questions, talk to the teachers, talk to the principals, find out what the lesson plans are in advance. This semester may not be evolution, but next semester may be evolution. And you may have a, a teacher that's going to believe in evolution and try to get your child to believe in it as well. So do the hard questions, do your homework, do your research, make uh, proper decisions based off that research. And again, I would encourage you, if there's any way possible, look into homeschooling and homeschool those children. Many uh, the, Much of the pushback is what mine was, the socialization and uh Vody Balkum does a great job talking about that is when are they ever going to be in the same spot with kids their age all day long? It's only at school. And uh, there's plenty of socialization outside of school because normally in everyday life and the rhythms of life and the patterns of life, you're normally with people that are not your age all at the same time. You, you have a, a different age range of people that you're around on a daily basis. So the socialization thing is is not an issue. That's what I thought it would be. But, uh, man, we, we're, we're just having a great time doing it. But do your homework. Do your research if you can. I would suggest looking into homeschooling. If not... Uh, just teach your kids a biblical worldview from home so that they can go into the public schools knowing uh, biblical truth from 
um, from false things and things that aren't of the Bible or things that aren't of God. And uh, all of us can do this. We can pray for our teachers, our educators. We can pray for the students that are going to class, going into school. And we can pray that God would just do something amazing in the midst of it as only he can. And again, I will end our time here today and, and just say thank you to the teachers that go in day in and day out and they care about their students and they care about their job and they want to do what's best. And I, I think I can think of one teacher now that in in the, the, the government tells them that they're required to teach evolution. And I says, well, well what are you going to do when you get to that that part? And she said, well, we never get to that part. Uh, it's kind of by design. They drag some things out a little longer and um, spend a lot more time on other things so they never get to evolution. So there are teachers like that. And uh, I just want to say thank you to those faithful teachers. If you're one of those teachers, educators, feel free uh, to reach out to Doctrine Matters Podcast at gmail.com, all lowercase. That's Doctrine Matters Podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you as, as an educator. If you're a Christian within the public school district, if you uh, – uh, love Jesus and love those kids. I'd love some feedback from you and, and maybe some more encouragement that we could give other families that are sending their kids to public school. But uh, again, I just want to challenge you all to pray for our teachers, pray for our students, and pray that God would do something great in the midst of all this, whether that's you pulling your kids out and homeschooling them and giving them a biblical worldview, or if that's God changing the school system as we know it, whatever the case may be. I pray that God would use faithful teachers and faithful men and women to show their kids who Christ is. Thank you guys for listening. As always, if any of you have any questions, comments, concerns, feel free to email them to doctrinematterspodcast at gmail.com. Hope you all have a great day, great week. And if you've started school recently, teachers, have a great school year. We got you back. We love you. Praying for you. Students, if you're there as well. We love you, and we're praying for you too. Hope you guys have a great week. God bless.